Hare Krishna and we're back with On the Way to Krishna by His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Yesterday we spoke about incarnations of God, how He descends into this world and how knowing His appearance and activities releases us from the vicious cycle of birth and death. So, and then a little bit it was described how we ourselves reincarnate over and over again and we concluded that it's not a super awesome pleasant um, condition to be in especially since we don't know if we will become human or somebody else next lifetime depending on our karma so page number 23 how does one understand Krishna's birth and activities in truth this is explained in the 18th chapter of Bhagavad Gita. Bhaktya mama bijanati yaman yashchashmitatvataha tatomam tatvato gyatva vishate tadanantaram Quote, one can understand the Supreme Personality as he is only by devotional service. And one, when one is full, in full consciousness, of the Supreme Lord by such devotion, he can enter into the Kingdom of God." Unquote, Bhagavad Gita 18.55 I just... Um, side point, I just want to remind everyone that Kingdom of God is spiritual world and not heaven. Heaven is heavenly planets within the material world. It's it's a place where people who have done a lot of pious activities go, but then they come back to earth. So heaven as it is, like heavenly enjoyment is not something really aspired by the devotee. We want, we aspire to serve the Lord and thus we'll be qualified to enter the kingdom of God. Everything centers around God in the kingdom of God, not us and our own sense enjoyment. <laughs> okay. Here again, the word tatvataha in truth is used. One can understand the signs of Krishna in truth by becoming a devotee. He who is not a devotee, who does not strive for Krishna consciousness, cannot understand. At the beginning of the fourth chapter also, Bhagavad Gita 4.3, Krishna tells Arjuna that he is explaining this ancient signs of yoga to him because Arjuna is, quote, my devotee and my friend, unquote. For one who simply makes an academic study of Bhagavad Gita, the science of Krishna remains a mystery. Bhagavad Gita is not a book that one can just purchase from the bookstore and understand by scholarship alone. Arjuna was not a great scholar, nor a Vedantist, nor a philosopher, nor a brahmana, nor a renunciate. He was a family and military man. But still, Krishna selected him to be the recipient of Bhagavad Gita. <coughs> Excuse me. And the first authority in the disciplic succession. Why? Quote, because you are my devotee. Unquote. That is the qualification to understand Bhagavad Gita as it is, and Krishna as he is. 
one must become Krishna conscious. And what is this Krishna consciousness? That is the process of cleansing the dust from the mirror of the mind through the chanting of Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare By chanting this mantra and by hearing Bhagavad Gita we can gradually attain to Krishna consciousness Ishwarah Sarvabhutanam Krishna is always present within our heart. The individual soul and the super soul are both sitting in the tree of the body. The individual soul, Jiva, is eating the fruit of the tree and the super soul, Paramatma, is witnessing. As the individual soul begins the process of devotional service and gradually begins to develop his Krishna consciousness, the Supersoul, who is seated within, begins to help him, help him dust all the impurities from the mirror of the mind. Krishna is a friend to all saintly persons, and the attempt to become Krishna conscious is a saintly endeavor. Shravanam Kirtanam By chanting and hearing, one can Come to understand the signs of Krishna, science, right? And thereby come to understand Krishna. And upon understanding Krishna, one can, at the moment of death, go immediately to his abode in the spiritual world. This spiritual world is described thus in Bhagavad Gita. Natad bhasayate suryo nashashankona pavaka Quote, that abode of mine is not illuminated by the sun or moon nor by electricity. One who reaches it never returns to this material world. Unquote Bhagavad Gita 15.6 This material world is always dark. Therefore, we require the sun, moon, and electricity. The Vedas enjoin us not to remain in this darkness, but to transfer ourselves to the world of illumination, the spiritual world. The word darkness has a twofold meaning. It not only means without light, but it also means ignorance. The Supreme Lord has manifold energies. It is not that He comes to this material world to perform activities. It is stated in the Vedas that the Supreme Lord has nothing to do. The Supreme Lord has nothing to do. Remember, Monday, I have nothing to do. <laughs> Sorry. In the Bhagavad Gita, Sri Krishna also says, Name parthasti kartavyam trishu lokeshu kinchana nana vaptama vaptavyam varta eva chakarmani. Quote, O son of Pritha, there is no work prescribed for me within all the three planetary systems, nor am I in want of anything, nor have I need to obtain anything. 
And yet, I am engaged in work. Unquote Bhagavad Gita 3.22 We should therefore not think that Krishna is required to descend upon this material world and engage in so many activities. No one is equal to or greater than Krishna, and he has all knowledge, naturally. It is not that he has to undergo penances to acquire knowledge, or that he at any time has to receive knowledge or attain knowledge. At all times and in all conditions, he is full of knowledge. Krishna. Okay, sorry for that. He may be speaking Bhagavad Gita to Arjuna, but at no time was he ever taught Bhagavad Gita. One who can understand that this is Krishna's position does not have to return to the cycle of birth and death in this material world. Being under the influence of illusion, we spend our lifetimes trying to make adjustments, trying, right, to this material atmosphere. But this is not the purpose of human life. Human life is meant for understanding the science of Krishna. So here I am trying to make adjustments because in the evening we have kids uh, shouting <laughs> outside. So they're heard a little bit in the recording. And today somebody is moving some steel <laughs> something and still making noise. But we can't make adjustments. <laughs> okay, anyway. Hare Krishna. Our material needs are these. The problem of eating, of mating, of sleeping, of defending ourselves and of acquiring sense gratification. These are common both to human beings and to animals. The animals are busily engaged trying to solve these problems and if we are also only engaged in solving them, how are we very different from the animals? How are we any different from the animals? The human being, however, has a special qualification, whereby he can develop transcendental Krishna consciousness. But if he does not avail himself of this, he is in the animal category. The defect of modern civilization is that it puts too much stress on solving these survival problems. As spiritual living beings, it is incumbent upon us to extricate ourselves from this entanglement of birth and death. We should therefore be careful not to miss the special opportunity of human life. Sri Krishna himself comes to deliver Bhagavad Gita and help us to become God-conscious. Indeed, this very material creation is given to us to utilize for this cultivation. But if after receiving this chance and this gift of human life we do not utilize them to develop Krishna consciousness, we shall be missing this rare opportunity. We shall be missing this rare opportunity. The process for cultivation is very simple. Shravanam, Kirtanam, hearing and chanting. We have nothing to do other than listen 
and by listening carefully, enlightenment is sure to come. I'm so happy that these days, now you see this commercial, I, I saw this commercial about, they were, I think they were encouraging education, encouraging something about podcasting, seminars, courses, and there was this girl who said, I just remember this line, she said, listening is everything. And it's true, like hearing is everything, something like that, she said. It's true, we receive knowledge through hearing. Hearing, sound vibration, it's so powerful. And it is the process of self-realization and spiritual advancement, it is. Okay. Krishna will surely help, for he is seated within. We only have to make the effort and spare a little time. Sishwa Prabhupada is so like so compassionate and this says it says that the pure devotee of the Lord is more merciful than the Lord. So the devotee will come and say, please spare some time, try to serve the almighty, omnipotent, omniscient, uh, supreme Lord by whose grace you are supplied by everything you have and you are his part and parcel. Okay. We will not need anyone to ask us whether we are making progress. We will know it automatically just as a hungry man knows that he has been satisfied by a full meal. Look at that. This is... This is Jiva Goswami's analogy as well, right here. Actually, this process of Krishna consciousness or self-realization is not very difficult. Krishna taught it to Arjuna in Bhagavad Gita. And if we understand Bhagavad Gita, just as Arjuna did, we will have no problem in coming to the perfectional state. But if we try to interpret Bhagavad Gita according to our own mundane academic mentality, we spoil it all. As stated before, this chanting of Hare Krishna is a process by which all contamination due to the material association is removed from the mirror of the mind. There is no need for external, external help in reviving our Krishna consciousness. For Krishna consciousness is dormant within the self. In fact, it is the very quality of the self. We only have to invoke it by this process. Krishna Consciousness is an eternal fact. It is not a doctrine or set of beliefs imposed by some organization. It is within all living entities, whether they be human being or animal. When Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was passing through the jungles of South India some 500 years ago, he chanted Hare Krishna and all the animals the tigers, elephants, and deers joined him in chanting to the holy names. Of course, this depends on the purity of the chanting. As we progress in chanting, purification is sure to come. Now we have completed second chapter. And before we start third one, I'm just, this is just, I, I keep um, being fascinated, of course by this pattern, how Prabhupada starts from the very basics of the philosophy 
and he goes to the most top most advanced and like he doesn't shy away from saying these truths you know he's like you're not advanced enough in this way but this what he's saying right now when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu he made the animals dance and chant the Lord's holy name this is something described in Chaitanya Charitamrita it's considered to be like one of the last um, set of books that you read like when you're you've understood Bhagavad Gita you've read all the 11 cantos of Srimad Bhagavatam then you go to Chaitanya Charitamrita and you read how like the purest chanting is like pure chanting of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra is so incredibly powerful that um, it can make tigers, elephants and deers join in dancing of love of and crying of, in love of God so it's Prabhupada can do it Srila <laughs> Prabhupada he knows how to present it nicely and we are trying to follow in his footsteps so now we are starting chapter number three seeing Krishna everywhere and always in our practical life Krishna instructs us how to invoke Krishna consciousness it is not that we are to stop executing our duty or to cease from activity rather activities have to be conducted in Krishna consciousness everyone has a vocation vacation in life but with what consciousness does he enter upon it everyone is thinking oh i must have a vacation in order to maintain my family society the government or the family have to be satisfied and no one is free from such consciousness one has to be in proper consciousness to execute any activity nicely he whose consciousness is agitated, who is like a madman, cannot ed- execute any duty. We should execute our duty properly. But we should do it thinking to satisfy Krishna. It is not that we have to change our process of work. But we do have to understand for whom we are working. Whatever activity we have to do, we must execute, but we should not be carried away by kama, desire. The Sanskrit word kama is used to indicate lust, desire or sense gratification. Sri Krishna instructs that we should not work for the satisfaction of kama or our own lust. The whole teaching of Bhagavad Gita is based on this principle. So we're going to stop here for today. Tomorrow we will read more about with which consciousness we should be, if it's not lustful, should be God-conscious. We will go into this topic tomorrow. And I just wanted to say one thing, because it's really amazing, like, Srila Prabhupada, this few sentences, Prabhupada says, one has to be in proper consciousness to execute any activity nicely. And now, as I'm reading this book to you, I'm sure everyone understands what we're talking about. But imagine this, these are the books, these are the lectures that were spoken back in 1960s and 1970s by Srila Prabhupada. And back then, consciousness, mindfulness, all of this was not buzzwords, you know? All of these were words that existed in the dictionary, 
but they were not mainstream. And now, so many years later, 50 years later, these words are everywhere. Everyone's talking about consciousness, do it in proper consciousness. I'm going into the conscious space and just, uh, how do you say? <laughs> it's something to think about. So the link to this book, this beautiful book called On the Way to Krishna is in the description. And we shall see you next time. Hare Krishna. Thank you so much for tuning in.